The following post is a commentary on industrial society and its future, specifically the section over socialization. You may recognize the title as the Manifesto by the Unabomber, Theodore Kaczynski. As a high school student during the 1990s I was interested in this mysterious figure and wanted to read the manifesto but never had the opportunity. Over the past year due to COVID-19 and several podcasts mentioning the Unabomber and his manifesto. During my internet snooping I learned that Kaczynski had written other books besides the manifesto and that he was still alive, writing letters in prison, and would never be released. Throw in a few facts like he was the subject of an LSD experiment in college as part of the MK Ultra Mind Control Program and you have an interesting individual to write about. So, who is this guy that had his brain fried, was a mathematical genius, taught at Berkeley, bought a cabin in the woods, and started mailing bombs in order to save the world from its own destruction? Let's find out. On the contrary, the left takes an accepted moral principle, adopts it as its own, and then accuses mainstream society of violating the principle. Examples, racial equality, equality of the sexes, helping poor people, peace as opposed to war, non-violence generally, freedom of expression, kindness to animals. More fundamentally, the duty of the individual to serve society and the duty of society to take care of the individual. From paragraph 28. If I had to sum this up in an easier way, I would consider the leftist ideology to be a secular religion. In any religion the people who are the resent converts are the people most active in the church or organization, loud and vocal, accusatory, and they tend to be the most violent in an effort to gain favor in their new tribe. Keep in mind that this manifesto was published in 1995 but for some reason it applies even more today with the critical race theory crowd and the social justice warriors infesting our institutions. Somehow, Kaczynski, decades ahead of his time, saw what was coming and typed out on paper the dangers of this progressive movement. I can look at the world of today and say that he was ahead of his time, but now that I think about it maybe this had been the way things were all along. Edward Abbey wrote a book called The Monkey Wrench Gang about a group of eco-terrorists driving around the country creating havoc and causing mayhem wherever they went. There were the anti-war activists during the Vietnam War who were making bombs and trying to fight violence with violence. Charles Manson wasn't exactly a conservative. When you look at the history of the 1990s all of the violent acts committed by the federal government against U.S. citizens took place under the Clinton administration. Ruby Ridge and Waco were botched raids that didn't need to happen but they were for the good of. Whoever. Still, none of this explains why this portion of the manifesto applies so appropriately to our world today, where a handful of SJWs push an agenda of equity and equality even though none of them know the definitions of these terms, and how our society has been hijacked by recent converts to the woke religion for the sake of racial equality, equality of over 72 genders, and helping poor people stay poor. Nothing could explain this better than the next portion of the paragraph. Leftists, especially those of the over-socialized type, usually do not rebel against these principles but justify their hostility to society by claiming, with some degree of truth, that society is not living up to these principles. From paragraph 28. I have heard this time and time again. While working in a woke environment for a few years I quickly realized that the people who surrounded me for hours a day wore a mask of peace and love but that would disappear when their ideology was questioned. It didn't take much, state some facts, your own experiences living in a neighborhood or experiencing your own poverty during your life and you suddenly became a problem. Like any new convert to a religion, they will violently oppose any opposition to their ideology and with the more facts or evidence you show the more violent they become. This violence doesn't have to be in the form of throwing a punch either, it can simply be spreading rumors, talking to HR, or filing complaints about being offended, in order to remove the obstacle to their preferred utopian world. 
if they engage in violence they claim to be fighting against racism or the like. From paragraph 30. The riots of 2020 show this better than any other time in our nation's history. In Minneapolis, there were over $500 million in damages but the true estimate is roughly $2 billion because this figure is based on insurance payouts and not the actual cost to victims. Across the rest of the country Black Lives Matter, a leftist organization, is responsible for another $2 billion in damages from coast to coast. The organization is also responsible for the deaths of dozens of people, mostly Black, African American, and demanded the defunding of police departments across the country that immediately caused a spike in crime including gun violence, murder, robbery, home invasions, looting, and rapes. All in the name of racial equality. The violence far exceeded the inequality they said they were protesting against but if you spoke against the riots you were to be burned at the stake, or in the modern form, cancelled. The left has figured out one very important thing, there is no point in killing someone for not agreeing with you when you can destroy their life, and keep them around as an example to what could happen to you if you speak up against the religion of the left, woke. Low self-esteem, depressive tendencies and defeatism are not restricted to the left. Though they are especially noticeable in the left, they are widespread in our society. From paragraph 32. This couldn't be truer than the number of SJWs who proclaim they are racists while saying there is no cure for racism. In the book White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo, she admits to being racist while also guiding people through her program to no longer be racists. It's like Satan leading the sinners to hell in order to work through their original sin of being white only to learn there is no cure because, from the beginning, there wasn't a disease. Then you have Ibram X. Kendi who proclaims that the only what to fight racism is to have more racism. To put it in plain English, become the thing you are fighting against. I guess he never read Nietzsche or heard the quote and if you gaze long enough into the abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. Of course, Quoting such things is racist and a move that a white supremacist would make because Nietzsche was from the West. Throwing out the knowledge of those that came before and thinking that we can make a change from something new that has never been tried before, and yet it has, several times over, is the ideology of an idiot who has lived little, possibly cares a lot, but has no idea what to do about anything. If these people had the slightest bit of self-esteem, they wouldn't be degrading themselves while trying to take power from those who are morally correct in their own ideals. If you have to use force and intimidating to prove you are correct, you're not. If you have to degrade yourself and others in order to make the world a better place the people you accuse of being racist or homophobes aren't evil, it's you.